Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World. If this is your first time joining me, this ministry is all about providing you with an understanding of the grace of God, which will empower you to change your world and to live the overcoming life. You see, God wants us to live in victory. Yet in order for us to do so, we must have an understanding of His unconditional love and His unmerited favor that has been made available to us through the finished works of Jesus Christ. And so I truly believe this is going to bless you today. Now to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. Now watch this, guys. I really want you to get this as well. Now, while God's grace and mercy towards us does not change with our performance, you got to understand that there are consequences that come simply as a result of making bad choices. You see, God's love is not going to change for you. You see, God loves you unconditionally, but there's consequence when a person lives in sin, you see, uh, sin, <laughs> sin really, really messes up people's lives. You know, sin is not good, guys. And so there's consequence for that. There's consequences when a person does something stupid. Uh, what's, you know, what we, what we said the other day is, is you know, <laughs> a guy goes and, you know, steals some stuff in a grocery store and, and you get caught. The popo picks you up, takes you into a prison cell. Well, you know, well, now you're in prison. That's a consequence you see, but you got to understand, God's love for, for you is not going to change. He's going to love you in your prison cell. <laughs> a guy can uh, cheat on his wife, commit adultery, and, and get caught. Now he gets a divorce. Guys, I'm going to radical up in here. God is still going to love that person. You see, if you commit adultery and you get caught, you get a divorce, God is still going to love you. <laughs> your wife is probably not going to love you anymore, but, but God's still going to love you. But now, am I saying go and commit adultery? Am I saying go and live in sin? No. You see, we got to get off this idea that grace somehow gives license to sin. No. You see, here's what happens. Glory to God. You see, here's what happens. Uh, if a person is free from sin consciousness, you're free from that guilt and condemnation, what happens is now Holy Spirit can guide you more effectively. You see, now you got Holy Spirit working on the inside of you. You see, uh, the Holy Spirit it has really taken the place of the law of Moses in the life of the born-again believer, you see. And the Holy Spirit, he's not going to lead you to sin more. No, you see, he's going to teach you to live right, you see. He's going to take those, those, those sinful desires away. He's going to give you a set of new desires. He's going to give you a set of new want-tos. You see, that's how this thing works. And so God's grace and mercy towards us does not change with our performance, yet there's consequences that come as a result of bad choices. And watch this, guys. There's consequences that come as a result of violating spiritual law. You see, there, there, there's... Um, Grace God, uh, there's more than one law, and we're going to get into, into rightly dividing this as well over the next few weeks. You see, you're not under the law of Moses, but you got to understand that there is such a thing as spiritual law. Now, what is spiritual law? Well, 
spiritual law is kind of like natural law. You see, gravity is a natural law. Gravity is something that is always working. What makes gravity a law is that it is constant. It's always working. It's not that sometimes gravity is working, sometimes it's not working, uh, sometimes it might make you go down, other times it might uh, you know, cause you to go up. Well, you see, that would be inconsistent. That wouldn't be a law. You see, if gravity worked sometimes, but not all of the times, then gravity would be a phenomenon, not a law. You see, a law is constant. A law works every single time. A law is, is always the same. Now, remember, I'm talking now about natural law. I'm not talking about the law of Moses, guys. I'm talking about a natural law called gravity. You see, in the same way, there's spiritual laws. You see, there's the law of faith. Glory to God. There's the law of love. There's the perfect law of liberty. You see, those are spiritual laws. Uh, there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is a spiritual law that governs the blessings. You see, but you got to understand this. One of the spiritual laws as well is that you have what you say. You have what you say. And so God loves you unconditionally. God has decided to, to make his grace and mercy available to you. But... If you're violating, or let me put it this way, if you're improperly using the law that says that you have what you say, well, then that's going to block God from really blessing you to the degree that he wants to. Well, why? Because if a person is always in doubt and in unbelief, if every time you open your mouth there's some unbelief that comes out, man, no matter how much God loves you, uh, you see, he—he—he's he, still. You're, you see, life and death is still in the power of the tongue. You see, you can't speak death but expect life. You can't speak unbelief but expect uh, the promises of God to manifest in your life. Are you catching me? <laughs> and so, what I'm trying to get you to see here is, is that God loves you unconditionally, but there's things that we can do as believers to keep ourselves cut off from seeing the full manifestations of God's blessings in our lives. You see, religion has blamed God for everything. Well, well, the, the reason this person didn't get healed, they, they must have had some kind of sin in their life. You know, <laughs> the favorite word of, of, of some people is like, this is sin, sin, you know. <laughs> uh, it, it was sin in that person's life. Well, Alex, the reason that didn't happen was because of sin. No, guys. <laughs> you see, Jesus already took care of your sin 2,000 years ago. You see, now, there's reasons why sometimes things don't manifest. There's reasons why we struggle in certain areas. But what I'm telling you, what I'm saying is, it's not because God is angry with you. It's not because God is condemning you. No, man, I want you to understand God is not mad at you. <laughs> He's not even in a bad mood where you are concerned. <laughs> God loves you with a perfect love. And now, key for you is, you want to begin to receive His perfect love. As you begin to receive His perfect love, well now, there's confidence that comes out of that. There's boldness that comes out of that, glory to God. There's faith that rises up out of that, you see. And so, how do you live the victorious Christian life? You have confidence in God. Confidence in God means you understand that your strength, 
your your empowerment everything you need comes from him it's not a matter of you getting more faith no it's a matter of you spending more time with Jesus glory to God it is a matter of you fellowshipping with Jesus a little bit more you see uh, I want you to know guys oftentimes uh, the, the the solution to your issue is not you praying more it's not you struggling more no the solution to your issue could it be could it simply be you spending some more one-on-one time with Jesus you see as you spend one-on-one time with him receiving his love now you find yourself being empowered to operate in the blessing you see faith comes out of that guys boldness comes out of that relationship glory to God are you listening to me tonight praise God and so we will be talking more about this in the next few weeks and, and um, as we continue along these paths we're going to be talking about this truth that, that, that the true nature of God is His love, His grace, and His mercy. And we're going to get into a series pretty soon on, on the reasons for why the law had to be given. You see the law distorts our perception of God but we have to understand that the law, the law was given by God, but the law, in a sense, forced God to kind of relate to people in a way that is not, that's not his heart towards people, you see. You see, God's heart towards you is not you performing to be okay with him. God's heart towards you is you receiving his blessing. Remember, guys, it goes back to Abraham. Remember when God showed up and blessed Abraham? What did Abraham do to deserve the blessing? He did nothing, guys. God just showed up one day and said to Abraham, I'll bless you and you shall be a blessing. And Abraham just said, I believe it. That was Abraham's response. And what did the Bible say? The Bible says that that was counted to Abraham as righteousness, guys. You see, it's all about you believing him, you having unshakable confidence towards God. Amen? Now, we have a few minutes here. I want to do something. I mentioned this last week, and I want to take some time to uh, show you this tonight. Um, yeah, let's go to... Uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Because remember, guys, we have been showing you that as a result of what Jesus has done, the sins of the world are already paid for. You see, forgiveness, guys, remember, is a finished work. Forgiveness is a finished work. God is not in the process of forgiving sins. Forgiveness is, an, is a finished work. In fact, let's look at it real quick. I just want to show you this once before we go to 1 John. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Because you may have not heard the previous teachings. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. Um, yeah, verse 10. There was some more stuff I was going to try to get at tonight. But man, we're, we're not going to have time to do all of that. Uh, praise God. Yeah, let's, let's just... Uh, let's just... Uh, Go with this here. Man, time just flies on by when you get into the Word. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Man, 
I pray this is a blessing to you guys. I, I really just hope you're, you're, you're grabbing a hold of this. Amen. Look at this. I want you to see this again. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 10. I want you to understand that forgiveness is a finished work. He says in verse 10, speaking here of Jesus, he says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, watch this, guys, once and for all once and for all. And so, in other words, Jesus getting on the cross, Jesus offering his body, you see, that's the difference. The animal sacrifice was something that had to be done continually. It was ongoing. Why? Because it didn't take away sin consciousness. Glory to God. But he says, Jesus offering his body on the cross once for all time, only one time. Why only once, guys? Because it was the perfect sacrifice. Because Jesus giving his body on the cross, when a person puts their faith into that, into what Jesus has done, and you receive his love, well, what happens is that's what's going to cleanse that guilty conscience, you see. That's going to take away sin consciousness. Are you guys following me? And so he says, Jesus was offered once for all. Uh, watch verse 11. He says, And every high priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. And so they were doing this on a continuous basis. Verse 12, but this man, speaking of Jesus, he says, after he had offered one sacrifice of sins forever, one sacrifice of sins forever, guys, he sat down on the right hand of God. Verse 13, from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Verse 14, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. You are there once and for all time perfected through the offering of the body of Jesus. In other words, what this means is when you sin, when you miss it, Jesus is not getting back on the cross, guys. No, you see, this is what a lot of people think is that forgiveness is like on a case-by-case basis. In other words, you, you miss it, and then you think, well, I made a mistake, but God's going to forgive me, uh, or maybe not. You see, you never really know if, if, if it's not something that's already happened. You see, guys, glory to God, faith is never in the future. You see, faith is never in the future. Faith is always now. Faith is in what's already done. Amen. And so, you having faith in what Jesus has done for you, glory to God, that means he must have already done it. You see, you can't have faith that he's going to forgive you in the future, because that's not faith. <laughs> Are you guys catching me? You, see, you having faith in what Jesus has done is you understanding he's perfected you forever, once and for all. In fact, say it say out loud right now. Say, I am forgiven. Say, I am forgiven once and for all times. Glory to God. Amen. Perfected once for all times. Glory be to God. Now, I'm almost out of time, guys, but I want to show you this here as well. Uh, I want to show you verse 26 real quick and then 1 John, um, and, and, and we'll be almost done here. Uh, look at verse 26. I just want to show you this real quick here. Uh, because, you see, a lot of people will look to verse 26, Hebrews 10, 26, and, and, and they, they'll have all kinds of ways of interpreting verse 26. You may have heard this verse before. Verse 26 says, watch this, guys. For if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There it is, guys. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. 
Many of you may have ever heard that verse before. This is a verse that a lot of people, it, it freaks a lot of people out because, you know, you read that. He says, well, if we sin willfully, uh, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. <laughs> now you're like, ooh, well, what does that mean? Sin, sinning willfully. <laughs> In other words, uh, is a, I've heard people try to explain that all kinds of different ways. You know, if, 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 if your will is involved, you know, <laughs> and, and if you purposefully just continue to practice that sin, well, then there's no more sacrifice for sins. Well, guys, that's not what, that, what, that's not what this verse is talking about. You see, first of all, I want you to understand that every sin is willful. You see, every sin is willful. It involves your free will. Is he, in order for you to sin, there's a part of you that wants to sin. Guys, I know we've all experienced it. Every now and then, you know, uh, you, 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 you got, someone got on your case, you got a little angry, you cussed that guy out, you know, uh, and you know, even if you don't want to admit it, <laughs> uh, while you were doing that, uh, you know, you, you cussed him out, in other words. You, you did it because you wanted to. <laughs> you see, uh, in fact, it kind of felt good while you were doing it, you know, just giving him a piece of your mind. It felt good for that moment, you see. Well, that's because you wanted to do it. And so every sin is willful, guys. There's no such thing as an accidental sin, you know. Uh, it's like, whoops, I accidentally slapped that old lady. No, you see, that, that's not how that works. <laughs> you see, there's no such thing as accidental sins. And so every sin is willful. And so what is he talking about? I don't have time to really go into all of the details here and, and show it to you in, in greater detail. But I want you to just understand, guys, context is key here. Context is key. You see, you got to take the context of this uh, entire book of Hebrews into consideration, and you got to understand that he is talking to the Hebrews. He's talking to people who were on the verge of going back into the old animal sacrificial system. In other words, that they weren't going to put their faith in the in the perfect sacrifice of the body of Jesus. They were going to go back to the old, and so the willful sin here is. The willful sin is rejecting Jesus as the final sacrifice for sins. Look at verse 10 in the same chapter. He says, By the which will we are, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, guys. Once for all. And so verse 26 says, But if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth. Now, now what's the knowledge of the truth in context? is that Jesus is the final sacrifice for sins. And so the willful sin of Hebrews 10.26 is rejecting Jesus as the final sacrifice for sins. He's literally saying, if you're not going to uh, receive Jesus, even though you, I've, I've, I've spent 10 chapters, glory to God, explaining this to you, laying it out to you, and you're now going to uh, willfully reject this, even though you've learned the truth, well, then there remaineth no more sacrifices for sins, because you can go back to those animal sacrifices as much as you want to, it's not going to do you any good. There, there remaineth no more animal sacrifice for sins. You guys seeing what this is saying? And so I just want you to, to have knowledge about that so, so, so that you know, you know, that no, when you hear someone saying something crazy about that verse, you, you, you know that's not really what that verse is saying. You see, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for our sins, guys, once and for all. Amen. Glory to God. Now, I'm out of time, pretty much. I was going to show you uh, 1 John chapter 1. Um, I said I told you last week I was going to show you this real quick. And I can if you'll give me another two or three minutes. 
Can I have a few more minutes, guys? <laughs> uh, amen. Uh, let's let's look at it real quick because uh, you see, sometimes people again have an issue with believing that all of our sins are already forgiven because they see a verse of scripture out of context, and uh, the verse of scripture out of context is First John one nine, where he says this. He says, "If we confess our sins." He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, Alex, uh, well, hold on, Alex. We, we, we have to confess our sins in order to be forgiven? Uh, is In other words, and guys, there's denominations and, and religions that teach this and believe this, that in order for God to forgive you, uh, you got to confess your sins. In other words, go to the confession booth or... You see, guys, that's not what this verse is saying. I'm just going to real quick show you very clearly here in, in context. That's not what he's saying. All you got to do is go up one verse, verse 8. Look at the context. Look at verse 8, the verse that's right before this verse. And then at verse 10, you'll see the context. He says in verse 8, he says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. <laughs> okay, and so and so John is talking to people here who, well, what he's doing here in this first chapter, he's really talking about salvation. He's talking about our fellowship that we have with Jesus. Uh, and so there's been debate about whether or not this is addressed to believers or, or, or unbelievers. In any case, if it is believers, it's new believers, I believe. <laughs> but because he's explaining all these things in the previous uh, verses. But here's, here's all that he's saying. He says, if we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And so he's, he's just saying, you see, if a person says, well, I don't have any sin. I, I don't need a savior. Well, I'm, I'm cool. I'm doing the best I can. I don't have no sin going on. Well, he says, if, if a person says that, they're deceiving themselves. The truth is not in them. Then he says in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10 if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And so what is the context of verse 9, guys? Context of verse 9 is, is who is John talking to? He's talking to people, obviously, who were denying that they had sin. They, 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 they said, well, you know, we're not sure if we really need to get saved. And so all he's saying is, uh, if you think you don't need a Savior, the truth is not in you. And so this word in verse 9, confess, is really literally to confess just means to say the same as to say the same that God says to, to to get into agreement in other words he's saying if we confess our sins in other words if we admit that we have sins that's all he's saying if we admit that we have sins and need a savior he's not saying you got to confess your sins every every single sin in order to get it forgiven you know <laughs> well Alex I had to go ahead and get my sins under the blood no guys you see, that was religion. That's not the truth. He's merely saying here, all he's saying is, if we admit that we have sins, then he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And guys, that's what happens when you get born again. And so all he's saying is, when you admit you have sins, you come to him, you say, Lord, I need you. I believe on you. Now he comes in. He's faithful and just. He forgives you all of your sins right then and there. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness is what he is saying. You see? Praise God. Praise God. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. To learn more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.